0: God is so good. Come on, God is good. Ah, one person got it. And all the time, God is good. Man, I am so thankful for what God is doing in our cohort. After meeting with you students on Tuesday, I woke up up the next day with a song in my spirit. I was like, it's a new season. (laughs) It's a new day. Come on. A fresh anointing is coming my way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season coming to me. I wish I had a band up here, like, Kid It! <laughs> Come on. That's what I was singing all day on Wednesday. I'm like, it's so new. I had to have it with the, um, Eddie James, you know, Eddie James type of singing. But, man, I just want to encourage you guys to always follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Always. The Lord is faithful, and he will direct our steps. Sometimes we think we know where we're going or we're supposed to go or we're supposed to end up, and we don't see what's around the corner, but God knows. And that's why we always talk about being led by the Holy Spirit, right? Praying, seeking God, and really listening to the people around you also, those that fear the Lord. And it's just so beautiful that when God is moving us to a different place or a different season, it's never just one person that feels it. it is, it's a bunch of people. And it's powerful men and women of God around you that it's a big yes. We feel this too. Let's go. And it just reminds me of, you know, the cloud and the, and the fire that led the Israelites. That's what we need to do. We follow We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't move unless the cloud moves, unless the fire moves. We don't move. We stay right where we're supposed to be. We stay right where God has us until his spirit starts to whoop. Then we're like, I want to be over here, right? We'll move real quick. But I just want to encourage you guys, do that in your daily lives. Amen? He will direct your steps with your family, with your children, you know, if you're supposed to homeschool, if you're not, if you're supposed to get married, if you're not, all of those things, He will direct every single step for you. Can I hear you say, "Amen"? Amen. amen. God is good. I want to preach to you today. That's the uh, title of my sermon is "Don't Burn Out, Burn Up." Come on, say, "Don't burn out, don't burn, out. burn up." Burn I don't even like that word. Don't uh, burn out. And you know, the reason that I'm, uh, it was in my heart to talk about this is because I've heard a few of my lovely students talk like this a little bit. I think it becomes a little bit, it's, it's like a Christianese type of thing. In the church world, we hear, we hear all about it, right? Burning out. Listen, if you follow Jesus, you don't burn out. You burn up. Amen? Come on. We want to burn up in this place. We want to burn up with the fire of God. Is anybody with me? I want to burn with the word of God in my belly where I have to preach the gospel. Come on, is that you? I want to burn up so I could be a witness to those that do not know him, so I could be full of compassion and wisdom and love and also power. Amen? Come on, he's called us to shine our light. I know we talked about that not that long ago. What does out mean? That means that your light is no longer shining. And Christians talk like this too much. Oh, I burned out. I feel burned out from ministry. I feel burned out from all the things on my plate. I feel so burned out from coming to church all the time and doing those things. Man, you are saying that your light is no longer shining and the light of Christ cannot illuminate through you because you are so busy with other things that you forgot that Jesus said you need to burn up, not burn out. Come on. We got to stop talking like that. It is so cringe. That's what the kids are saying nowadays, right? Man, that is cringe. That is what I feel every time I hear someone say burn out. You know why? Because we've been raised in this church, right? I never hear my pastor say he's burned out. I never hear my friends in ministry talk about being burned out. We might have overwhelming seasons. We might have seasons where we have more things on our plate than other times. We might have busier times than other times, but busy times don't mean burning out. Come on, if we taught pastors correctly we would see less suicide in the pulpit we would see less um this compromised gospel in the pulpit I was watching something the other day by a pastor and it just it's you know they think it sounds so noble he was making such an exciting announcement to his congregation that he was taking time off for four to six months I'm going to make an exciting announcement for you today. I am taking a sabbatical for four to six months because ministry is hard. Ministry is so hard. I mean, you guys don't know what it's like to plant a church and just to keep pushing and pushing and, and getting the word out and, and feeding the people in the, in the church. Oh, it's just so burdensome it's so hard but God is my strength so I should have taken a sabbatical before but I kept pushing I kept giving it my all I kept on preaching every Sunday oh and even though it was tired to I was tired I just kept on giving and right when I should have taken a break COVID hit and that was a whole nother thing I'm listening like dear God help us all help us all Lord the, this, is, this is American Christianity pastors, and they make it sound so noble. So I'm going to take some time off from you guys, my burden, and I'm going to go reconnect with God. I'm going to go reconnect with God because somewhere along the way, you stop being connected to God. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy if any of us on this stage or called into ministry lose our connection with God so that we can do ministry. It makes no sense. No sense. Don't lose your connection with God and you won't have to go on a journey to reconnect with Him. Come on. Jesus promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. He promised that he would be with us until the very end of the age. He said that we are more than conquerors in him, that we can do all things in Christ through him. He is our strength. He is our comfort. He is our help in trouble. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And there is no reason for you to burn out or even have that word in your vocabulary. Hallelujah. And don't get it twisted, and I know you guys are not because you are smart men and women of God. Many of you are already leaders in this church. That doesn't mean you can't go on a vacation. That doesn't mean you can't do things you like, that you can't, you know, have fun with your family and and take a a week off here or there or do whatever God has called you to do. Go have fun. But if I ever hear you saying that you need four to six months because you need to go reconnect with God, uh, something went wrong. Something went wrong. I'm going to have to sit down with you and show you what went wrong, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be your devotional life. Come on. I want us to guard our hearts this morning, this afternoon, because it's not above us, right? This is how we hear the world talking. Even pastors that you would look at and be like, they're an awesome man of God. They even talk like this because it's noble. It's noble. Oh, they just need, we need to take care of our pastor. It's so... That's what I feel like. He needs to go, and we need to all just take care of him because we're such a burden to him. It is a joy to do ministry. Dude, we get to do ministry with Jesus. He called us co laborers, He called us co heirs. We get to do everything that we do with Jesus, not just for Jesus. And that's the problem is people are just doing things for Christ and they're not walking with Christ as they do things. And I learned this very, very early when I first started doing administration, small tasks And I started seeing the big picture in the smallest of tasks. I would put something in, you know, data entry, whatever the case may be. And I started seeing, I had the Holy Spirit help me that every small task was for the big picture. It was for the church so the church can do its work here on the earth for the kingdom of God. Every time that you paint the church, brother, it's for a bigger purpose. And we have to see every small task, there's a bigger picture behind it. Come on. There will always be ministry happening for us. Ministry never sleeps, okay? Ministry never sleeps. There's good days. There's bad days. There's hard days. There's easy days. Sometimes you sit around like, hey, it's been quiet around here. And then all of a sudden you're like, not so quiet around here anymore. There's small problems, there's big problems, there's things that need your attention, and then there's things that are a waste of time that you should have never given your attention to. And as you grow in ministry and as you mature with the Lord, you'll start to learn what those things are. Man, I gave a lot of attention to this small thing, and I could have put that to the side while I concentrated on something different, right? We learn how to balance. A disciple has a balanced life. We don't just put all of our energy right here. We learn to be wise with our time. We learn what what needs our attention and what things can wait. If everything is important, nothing is important. Come on, we'll learn those things. But no matter what is happening in ministry around us, it doesn't sleep we know that God is with us right come on whatever happens in your disciples life when they choose to be cray cray all of a sudden and you just talked to them yesterday that doesn't mean that you have to move from your place of peace of joy we can be counseling other people in crazy things and we get off the phone and we're like all right like, let us let me go about my life. And though it does affect us, we do, we care, we have compassion, all of those things. But you cannot let it dictate your life. Come on. You have to choose every day to remain in the peace of God. Choose to remain in the joy of God, no matter what happens around you, no matter what happens in your children's lives, no matter what happens in your spouse's life. Even if my husband chose not to serve Jesus, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to serve Jesus. It's going to be sad and I'm, I, he's not going to happen in Jesus' name, but I, I see too many wives, they give up because their husband goes cray-cray or, or vice versa. The wife starts acting crazy, and all of a sudden, the husband doesn't want to serve the Lord anymore. What's like, what you doing, dude? Who saved you, your wife, your husband, or was it Jesus? You don't give up Jesus for anybody. Your husband and wife will not stand before you when Jesus judges you. It will be you and only you before him. You choose to serve him no matter what. Come on, let's turn to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. We have learned about the heroes of the faith that are talked about in Hebrews 11 previously. And I know that uh, Pastor Freeman also did a powerful message on faith and also referenced it. But I want to read the beginning here, chapter 12, 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, like the ones we just heard about in chapter 11, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Come on, that's, there's... Um, That's the answer to your problems right there, okay? That's the secret. That's the secret. That's the mystery. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Come on, keep your eyes on him and consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Come on, we are surrounded by witnesses that have come before us, stood their ground, lived a life of faith, and finished their race. Therefore, because they did that, because they led the way before you, now you are able to throw off every hindrance, every sin that so easily entangles, and not every hindrance is sin. Every person has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will tell you what's getting in the way of your relationship with him. And you need to be a good steward of your time. You need to be a good steward of your relationship with Jesus to say, I can no longer do this. It could be a video game. It could be a relationship. It could be phone calls, too much time on Facebook, whatever it is that is hindering you from running your race with perseverance and endurance, then you need to push it aside so that you can run your race, what God has called you to race. And as you, as you have ran your race, you fix your eyes on Jesus. You fix your eyes on Jesus, and you consider him, Consider him. Think about him. Think about what he did. He had so much opposition from sinners. He was killed. He was mocked. He was slandered. He was beaten in front of so many. And in the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Come on. If you consider him, if you keep your eyes on him, what does the Bible say? You will not grow tired or weary. Come on, what do pastors say? Why, why do they burn out? Because they get tired, they get weary, they get burned it, burdened. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Stop looking at the problems. Look at the problem solver. Stop looking at yourself. Look at Jesus. Look at Christ. He will sustain you. He will walk with you. He will give you the rest that you need for your souls. Come on, one way that you are going to not burn out is you're going to spend time with Jesus. No matter how far you get in ministry, I always say this when we go through our discipleship, the first lesson is read your Bible, pray, Christian friendship. I always tell people these are the basics, but they never get old. It doesn't matter how long you've been in ministry. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving Jesus. You could be serving Jesus for 50 years. If you're not praying and reading your Bible, you ain't, you ain't doing something right. You're going to burn out. You're going to give up. You're going to grow weary. You're going to grow tired. These things never get old. Do not be a pastor that doesn't pray. Do not be leaders that don't read your Bible. What a disgrace, huh? Come on you got to remember, before you're a pastor, before you're an apostle, before you're a deacon, before you're an elder, before whatever title that you want to give yourself or the church gives you, (laughs) you're a disciple of Jesus. I'm a disciple. Pastor Joe is a disciple. And what do disciples do? We have good devotional lives. Amen? We learned that in 201, right? A disciple has a great devotional life. And we would think that this is a given, right? But the devil knows that there is power in prayer. And without us fully dependent upon the Lord, fully dependent upon his wisdom and his love and his grace, we are going to grow tired. We can only take so much. I can only take so much mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Come on, I'm an emotional being already. I'm already a woman, okay? (laughs) I can only take so much. I need to rely on Jesus. You need to rely on Jesus. We can only take so much as human beings, and there will be no longevity in our ministry if we are not going to God in prayer. Let's follow the example of Jesus. We're going to go to a few scriptures to see what did Jesus do. Matthew 14, 23. Jesus led by example in prayer. Come on, it says... After he had dismissed them, he had the crowds around him, he went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. Come on, go to Mark 1.35. Who has the thing? Is it Marco? Mark 1.35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off into the solitary place where he prayed. Come on, let's go to Luke 9.28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went onto a mountain to pray. Does anybody see the, what's happening here, the pattern of Jesus' life? He does miracles. He does all these great things. And what does he do? He needs to take some time alone to go get refueled. I wish pastors would follow the example of Jesus. Jesus. They talk about, oh, I just pour out, I just pour out, I don't get poured into. Well, it's your choice to get poured into. You are the one that goes and seeks Jesus. You are the one that goes and prays. You are the one that goes into a solitary place, closes the door of your bedroom, and says, Heavenly Father, I need you. Come on, it's your choice to get poured into. It's your choice to listen to sermons, to listen to different things, to read books, to keep yourself full on the things of God. Let's go to Luke 11.1. 1. Praise the Lord. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. That's all I needed there. Come on, go to Mark 6, verse 30. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they'd done and taught. Come on, I love this. I want you guys to catch it. The apostles gathered around Jesus. They just worked hard, right, and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many were coming and going, they did not have a chance to eat. And he said to to them, I'm going to cry. He said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come on, that makes me want to cry. His apostles, he saw that they were working, and it was probably hot. They probably had some stinky clothes on. Their feet were probably dirty. They were working for Jesus. And what did he say to them? He said, Come to me by yourself. Come on, I'll give you rest. I got what you need. Don't worry. And that invitation is still for you, for me, every single day, every single moment. We should feel the Holy Spirit saying, Come away with me. Let me give you rest. Let me help you be the husband you're supposed to be. Let me help you be the student you're supposed to be. Let me help you be the daughter, the sister, the friend, the pastor, whatever you are. The Holy Spirit is inviting you away with him and saying, come. I've seen how hard you've been working. I see how many hours you stay up studying. I see that you're doing everything in excellence, that you're keeping your room clean because that's what your mama wants you to do. I see all of your hard work. Now come away with me and let me give you some rest. Come on, we need to be praying about everything in ministry. There are going to be times where you're hurt. People are going to hurt you, okay? People are going to offend you. People are going to slander you. If you guys have not seen that happen to our church yet, I mean, that's just a picture of what is also going to happen in your own life. Disciples get mad at you, and they start talking some garbage about you, your family, your children. It's just, come on. One of the greatest things that I've ever experienced is when I have been offended the most, and this is even by people that I trust, you know, maybe someone was harsh with me or said something to me that hurt my feelings. I have felt it melt off of my heart the minute that I choose not to be offended, and instead I say, Jesus, please bless them. God, I pray that you would just touch his family, touch her family. God, bless their children. I pray that you give them financial blessings. I mean, just start praying blessings on someone. You start praying and you'll start feeling it melt off of your heart. You don't ever have to be burned out in ministry. You got a place to go. Amen? Come on. Another thing I want you to do to guard your heart is be thankful. There are so many things, troubles, right? Be thankful. There are so many troubles that come without warning. I know we've talked about this before even in my own life when I went through cancer and all of those things. But being thankful will guard your heart from going down roads that are poisonous. Bitterness is poisonous. Anger is poison to your soul. And you will be tempted in ministry to be bitter, to be angry, to be hurt, to be broken. Just beautifully broken up here preaching to you guys. Just beat me up all the time. Come on, you're going you're gonna to be tempted by the devil to be broken, to feel alone. No one understands you. No one knows how hard you work. But the devil's a liar. Amen? Come on. The, one of the greatest ways that we can guard our heart is by being thankful. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Jesus. You have to be thankful. We don't just go to Jesus and present everything before we say, thank you, Jesus. With thanksgiving, I am coming to you, and here I present my request before you. But I thank you. I thank you for the breath in my lungs. I thank you that my arms can move. I thank you that I have the ability to think. I have a sound mind. Come on, have you ever seen someone without a sound mind? Come on, there's some things that we don't even thank God for, and we take for granted. All of the time. We need to start thanking. If you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for, I want you to start thankful thanking him for all kinds of stuff. Thank you for my fingers. Thank you for my bones. Thank you for my my joints. Thank you, God, that I I have an appetite. I mean, I don't care what you thank him for. You start getting thankful, and it's going to guard your heart from bitterness, and it's going to guard your heart from all of those other things that the devil is tempting you with. Amen? Come on, and we got to remember the promises of god in john 16:33 jesus promised us in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world okay in ministry you will have trouble okay but take heart jesus has overcome ministry <laughs> he has overcome the world he has overcome your troubles and sometimes in ministry or sometimes just in life, it could feel like it's just a hard season, right? It's just one thing after the other. You get slapped this way, and then you get slapped this way, then you just, you just keep going back and forth. And I don't want to keep on going over and over everything that we went through in 2020, but it is going to be relevant to our lives for the rest of our lives. There are lessons that we learned in that bad boy that will never get old, never get old Come on, it felt like one thing after the other just slapping us, right? COVID, the riots, BLM, then the Nene's thing, I'm sure it was all in there. Threats of death, leaders abandoning us, people talking bad about us, the community hating us. It was one thing after the other, but we have to understand that the troubles... Of life, the troubles of ministry do not take away the promises that God has given us for this ministry. It doesn't matter how many troubles come left or right, right? He has already given us a vision, a strategy, and a goal, and no matter how many troubles come our way, that is remaining. That is the promise of God, and that is what we stand on. So when you can't see past the trouble, and the trouble just keeps slapping you in the face, you say, uh-uh, I know what God has promised me, And that is what I'm standing on. I know what he has called me to do, so I'm not going to get distracted by the enemy schemes or by anything else that is coming my way right now. Come on, stand firm. Stand firm on what God has called you to do. He has never failed us. And I pray that for the rest of your life, for the rest of your ministry, you will use what happened in 2020 as a beautiful thing in your life. You'll be able to look back and see, because right now, I always say it, now that you take a step back and you see, you see what God did and you're like, whoa, that was Beautiful. That was wonderful. In the moment, it might have been hard. In the moment, it was sad. But now it's like, man, it all makes sense right now. Thank you for doing that. Thank you that you shook things up in here because I want revival. I want the Spirit of God to be in this place. I want to have a Sunday morning like yesterday where everybody's hands are up. I don't want any plain church and make believe stuff. I don't want this click stuff in our church. Oh, you're cool, you're not cool. I'll hang out with you, I won't hang out with you. All that is garbage and can go to hell. I want revival in Chicago. Amen. And now, when you take a step back, you can see what God did. And God, if you have Have to do it again. Do it again. Do whatever you have to do. Shake everything that can be shaken in our church, Jesus. But I pray that you'll be able to look back in years to come, in your ministries, in your lives, and say, "Man, God was there for me then. He'll do it again. He was faithful then. He'll be faithful now." Don't get shaken. Come on. If you are not firm, you will get shaken. Do not be shaken. I remember I had a word that Sunday morning before the riots after COVID, and there was someone on the stage that was singing her little heart out. And I had a word from the Lord that said, do not be moved by what you're about to see. There is a great shaking coming, but I say to stand firm in Jesus Christ. And I remember when the one singing came to me, she was so scared. She was ready to leave our church. She said, I keep on trying to hold on to your word for Sunday, but I can't. I pray to God that the fear of God comes over her. He gave her a word to stand firm before the riots, before anything that we knew was coming. We thought COVID was bad. We had no idea what was around the corner. God told us, stand firm. You have no clue what's about to come, but I'm going with you. And still people in our church left, hearing the word of the Lord. Sad. But I pray that you guys... Will remember what God did. He was faithful then. He will be faithful now. Amen? Amen. Come on, I got fired up right there. I want you to remember the promises of God. Remember what He's told us. Remember why He called you into ministry. Be thankful. Be thankful before the battle, when everything is good, when everything is bad, when everything is busy, when it's downtime. When the battle is over, come on. When people leave your church, be thankful for those that stayed. Amen? When people talk bad about you, be thankful for what God says about you. (laughs) Because sometimes that's all you can hold on to. Like, I don't like it. Well, God likes me. Like, God, God loves me, and that's all that matters. Seriously, it gets to that point, man, when people are talking about you, slandering the church that you love, slandering the pastors that you love, that you look up to, that you, you know, serve the Lord with. You're like, well, Jesus likes us a lot, and we're secure in him. Come on, it comes down to that. Be thankful that he's given you those promises, that he loves you, that he cares about you. Be thankful for the abilities that he's given you to preach and teach and, and have life groups and open up your home and have families and have children and all of the things that he has given you. Thank, you for, thank him for his sacrifice, his forgiveness. Always be thankful. Amen? Amen. And number three, stay focused on the goal. Come on, we're not going to burn out. We're going to burn up. Right? Come on. Stay faith focused on the goal set before us. Come on, God is good. We're not going to burn out. We're going to spend time with Jesus. We're not going to be pastors that don't pray, pastors that don't read our Bible. We're going to always be thankful. We're going to always remember the promises of God. And we're going to be focused on the goal. What should be the goal of every Christian? to win souls and make disciples, right? I bet if we did a survey around this city of how, what's the last time your pastor was on the streets preaching the gospel, we'll be able to answer that real quick. Like yesterday, the day before, tonight, like (laughs) just keep checking it off. (laughs) Come on. But if we were to ask these pastors, the ones taking the four to six months off, when's the last time you were on the corner? When's the last time you, sta- you stood on the, on the streets and said, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? When's the last time you did evangelism? It would be a sad response, very sad response. We have to remember the goal. Why are we doing ministry? Why do I take my time to counsel people? Why do I take your phone call in the middle of the night? Why do I do those things? Because we're raising up disciples here right? Come on, there's a bigger picture. But we're not only called to disciple and shepherd God's people, but we're also called to go out there. And we know it's on our back wall, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Come on, the Bible also says that those who win souls are wise. The Bible also says that when you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. It doesn't say when you take a sabbatical for four to six months, you will then be refreshed. It says to refresh others. How do you refresh Others out there, you preach the gospel to them. Has anybody preached the gospel and just felt that faith up in your heart? They might not feel refreshed in the moment, but you're refreshing them. You're giving them truth. You're giving them Jesus. You're just sprinkling truth all over them. It is a refreshing feeling when you're doing things for other people and not just for yourself, not just stuck up here. I'm called to just be here in the pulpit just to preach to those that already know God. No, you are called to shepherd God's people. Yes, love them, care for them, do all of those things, but get your butt out that door and do some ministry. Go get your hands dirty in the harvest. Amen? Come on. Too many people and pastors don't understand and don't stay focused on the real goal. Come on, we need pastors that are preachers again. We need to see these pastors wake up. Too many of them are getting tired, are getting weary. And Jesus has invited them to come, hasn't he? He said, come, come to me. I've seen your work. I've seen what you've been doing. I understand your labor Jesus understands it better than everybody, but he even gave us the greatest example. He didn't just work. He prayed. He prayed before he worked, and then he worked, and then he prayed. He always prayed. He always went to the Father. He said, I do nothing apart from what my Father tells me to do. I don't do it on my own authority. I, do, I, I hear it from him, and I do it. We should do the same. Amen? If we could stand up and come forward. If you could put some music on in the background just a little bit. I don't want you to think that you can never come to us and tell us that you're overwhelmed, that you're tired, that there's a lot going on in your life, that you need help, all of those things. Absolutely. I just want you to be careful with that word burnout because he's called you to be the light of the world. He hasn't called you to burn out. He's called you to burn up. Come on, let's lift our hands. In Matthew 11:28. 28 through 30 it says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light come on I want you to just lay it all down before Jesus right now come on he understands he understands everything that you have to do He understands that you're going in a busy season or when you're in a not-so-busy season. He said you can come to Him. He said you can come and have rest in Him. You don't have to go away to try to find rest. Rest is right here in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to go anywhere searching for rest. Just be. Just be in Christ. Just be in the Holy Ghost and you will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your mind. Jesus, we ask you for your peace in this place like a river right now. Oh, Lord, we ask you for peace, oh God, over every heart that has been conflicted, that has been overwhelmed. Lord, I just pray for those in this room that are going through a busy season, whether they're planning a wedding, God, having... Uh, children or already had children god raising their children jesus in the fear of the lord homeschooling and doing ministry god opening up their homes weekly having to clean having to have snacks god you see it all god it's a joy it's a joy to do it with you oh let that be our hearts this morning that it's a joy it's a joy to do ministry It's a joy, oh God. I pray that we would not grow tired and weary, oh God. We thank you, Jesus, for your rest. We thank you, Jesus, for your rest. I pray, oh God, your peace over every heart in this room right now. Every heart, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your peace. Oh, we thank you for your kindness that looked at your apostles and said, come, just come by yourself. Come be with me. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, the Bible says, They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not be faint. Come on, he told us to run our race. And he said that if we put our hope in him, we will run and we will not grow weary. Jesus, we thank you for your strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 jesus i thank you lord i thank you jesus well does anybody want to pray i just want to open it up for a few moments to pray just pass around the mic
1: Yes, Lord, we just surrender everything to you, Jesus. I pray that in times, Lord, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like we can't do anything, Lord, or when we feel discouraged, Jesus. I pray that we will all run to you, Lord, that we will know who to go to, Lord Jesus, when we feel troubled, Lord. And Father, I pray that we will not feel empty, Lord, because you never leave us empty, Lord. You never leave us dry, Lord. I pray that our cups will overflow, Lord Jesus, with your power, with your spirit, Lord, and Father, I pray that in any season, Lord, that we are in, Lord Jesus, that we just go to you, Lord, that we will rely on you, Jesus. I pray that we will trust you, Lord, with our lives, Lord, with our hearts, Lord, with our relationships, um, our children, Lord, and everything that that we have, Lord. I pray that we just give it all to you, Jesus.
2: Amen. Thank
1: you, Jesus, for your faithfulness,
2: oh God. Thank you, Lord for everything that you have done for us, Jesus. Oh, Lord i thank you god that we are not in defeat lord in the situations god in whatever season we are god but we have hope because we can look to you jesus because you are with us oh god because you never leave us because you are always faithful oh lord and so we give you everything lord we lay down everything jesus and not in defeat but in victory knowing that you are uh, you are the problem solver that you are our one thing that you are our hope you are everything that we need jesus we submit everything unto you lord may we never grow tired or weary of seeking your face god but always lord every single day just stir up in our hearts lord the passion to to knowing you more to reading your word more to just just being with you jesus i pray that you would increase it in our hearts lord just that just that time to be with you jesus that we would never we will never, ever forsake your presence, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Yes, Lord, thank you so much, God, that you've always been the provider for us, Lord, God. There's never a time where where we lacked anything in you, Jesus, but you've always provided every single time, God. You've provided the time, God. You provided the food when we were hungry, God. You provided the rest when we needed rest, Lord. You provided energy when we needed energy, God. You provided every single thing, um. We have, God, for a godly and righteous life in you, Jesus, to be excellent in every single thing that we do, God, to be excellent in everything, God. I just pray right now, God, that when other people see us, Lord, they will see us as an example, God, that even though they have this ministry going on, they have this thing going on, they have school or whatever, God, they're walking in victory, Lord, because we have you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus, that that even you yourself, God, you were busy, Lord, when you were here on earth, God. But you even took rest, Lord. You even took rest, Lord. And you always provided, God. So, Lord, how much more will you provide for us, Lord, your children, God? We lack no good thing in you, God. We lack no good thing. You provided all the resources that we need, Lord, to be excellent, God. So Lord, just pray that we that you will give us the wisdom, God, and the discernment to use them, Lord, and to provide no excuses anymore, Lord, no more excuses. In your name, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
3: Jesus. I rebuke that word burnt out God we rebuke it Lord let it be lost from our vocabulary here God let it be lost Lord Jesus that that will be the furthest thing from our mind Lord God but that everyone here would burn up for you Lord God that your Holy Spirit fire consume them Lord Jesus that they seek your desires God that they be filled with your spirit Lord oh Jesus that they be refreshed in you Lord God that they always seek you first Lord that we always seek you first, God, when things are good and when they're bad, before, during, or after the storm, God. That we seek you, Lord Jesus, before all else, Lord God. Oh, Lord, I thank you for all of our health, Father God. Oh, that we may be healthy even in a time like this, God. Where people are freaking out over such a little thing, God. Oh, Lord, where riots are happening in our own city, God. I thank you for our health that we live another day to preach your gospel, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Father, for uh, guiding us with your cloud of fire, God. Oh, Lord, and that you are our shade in the sunny day, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you for doing what you did for the Israelites that you do for us today. Because you are never changing. Oh, Lord, I pray that we just continue to submit to you, God. That we never lose our focus on you, God. That we know you in everything, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I thank you, God, for giving us supernatural understanding about your word, God. That we may preach it to all the world the world and that we may know your name and that we may know you by name because you know us by name That we continue to surrender our life to you oh that we're not looking for a title but we're looking for your presence every day in our life oh that we are one with the spirit lord and that no matter where we walk, we don't walk without you. That we may be the light of this world, the salt of this world, God. Oh, no matter what it takes, no matter what they have for us, God. And we do it in joy just like you. Oh, in your mighty name, Jesus.
0: Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap for Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord.